Jesus leads us through. How I get through challenges and difficulties. Hello, everyone, all the listeners of the New Chemist Podcast. Welcome to everyone listening. It is my hope and prayer that the series within this podcast, though typically centered around chemistry and the natural sciences, engineering, careers, COVID-19, and research. Considering the value of my faith, I'm adding this element into the reaction, per se, understanding the weight of it in my personal life. So today, we'll start off by reading Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. So, a reading from uh, More Than a Carpenter by Josh McDowell states that for many people today, Jesus' claim to be the Son of God is just too exclusive. In our pluralistic culture, it is too narrow and smacks of religious bigotry. We don't want to believe it, yet the issue is not what we want to believe, but who did Jesus claim to be, and is his claim true? God, we praise you and adore you for who you are and what you have done. We thank you for what you are doing and that you are always good and you restore. We thank you in Jesus' name. Bless those who are listening. Amen. So, let's have a discussion. God is the Alpha and Omega. He is the beginning and the end. The story of our lives and our situations begins and ends with Jesus Christ. So there is hope because of who he is, what he has done, and what he will continue to do in our lives. Today, we will be discussing hope in the context of Jesus and his birth and life in preparation for the season of Advent. However, before we begin, we have to define hope. Hope, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, is defined as to cherish a desire with anticipation or to desire with expectation of obtainment or fulfillment. Essentially, hope is the journey of faith of knowing and believing Jesus, who is the Word made flesh. In the message today, we will discuss hope in the scripture, how to hope, and we will answer the questions, what do you hope in, or who do you hope in, why hope, and what does hope lead to? Proverbs 10 verse 28 says, The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. Although our focus today is Luke chapter 2 verses 1 to 20, hope can be seen throughout the scripture. Some key verses from the passage of scripture, Luke chapter 2 verses 1 to 20. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known 
the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and it was told them. Hope is not only seen in the Christmas story, it is seen throughout the Bible. In Psalm 39, verse 7, it reads, And now, Lord, what do I wait for? My hope is in you. And also in Psalm 42, verses 5, Why are you cast down on my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. Vitally, I praise him for the help of his countenance. In these scriptures, we can see that it is best to have your hope in God. Also, as we focus on this concept of hope, in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 to 26, it reads, This I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. Through the Lord's mercies we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore I hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the Lord, for the salvation of the Lord. The writer in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 21 to 26, has hope because of what he has recalled, which includes the faithfulness of God, the Lord's provision, and his goodness. It is also seen in Titus 2, verses 13, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ. It is also seen in 1 Peter 1 and 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope to the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And also in Romans 15 verses 13, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And also Hebrews 10 verses 23, as hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. We have to intelligently place our problems in the context of the saving power and the sovereignty of God, carrying out the responsibilities he has given us. What is your hope in today? Is best, is good, is beneficial to hope in God? The psalmist in 42 verses 5 says, For I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My hope amid all the difficulties and challenges as a result of the pandemic. A reason for hope is tied to the context of Christ in the scripture. In Zechariah 9 and 12, it says, Return to your fortress, you prisoners of hope. Even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. Through our hope in Christ, restoration, promotion, and provision comes. With Nehemiah, there are several connections we can see um, to the story of Jesus that have been noted by scholars. Nehemiah left the palace to rebuild the walls. Jesus left the splendor of heaven to restore right relationship with God. Nehemiah was mocked and ridiculed for rebuilding the walls. Jesus was mocked, beaten, and ridiculed for his work on earth. We can see parallels and glimpses of the gospel in the story of Nehemiah through the restoration that occurs, the restoration that we receive through Jesus Christ. Through the story of Nehemiah, we see how faith and hope lead to action and eventually restoration. Nehemiah was a great guy, and he was a type and a foreshadow of the greater person, Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, Romans 15 and 4 says, 
Whatever things were written before are written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. Again, why hope? Hope because of our identity. Hope because of our relationship. Hope because of our position. Hope because of God's provision. Hope because of God's promises. Hope because of our identity. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5 and 5. Galatians 3 verses 28 to 29 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. But you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Hope because of relationship. Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1 and 27. Christ lives in our hearts and we have a relationship with him. Position. Hope because of your position in Christ. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Ephesians 2 and 6. Hope because of provision. God will supply all of our needs. Philippians 4 verses 19. It states that he will supply our needs. We need. Hope because of his promises. All the promises of God are yes and amen. 2 Corinthians 1 and 20. Fundamentally, hope comes based on what you know, do, and live out. Remember the promised child is our savior. In Isaiah it says, His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Hope is not intellectual assent or mental acrobatics for the Christian. Hope is found in a person, and that person is Jesus. Through the gospel, through the person of Jesus, and through studying scriptures, we have an arsenal of resources that can guide us and aid us as we, challenge, as we encounter and recognize the challenging circumstances that we face during this life. Hope is based in Christ and who we are in him. In the end, God's sovereignty supersedes our limitations. And many times what we need to realize that is in our minds. Hope is tied to our mindset. God is real and can do the impossible. We see it with the story and birth of Jesus and the stories of Nehemiah and Zechariah. Hopes and dreams and aspirations. A relative of mine was growing up, working at a grocery store and communicated his aspirations to attend university. And the food store supervisor essentially said, you have it in your mind, but you can't do it. Ladies and gentlemen, like Nehemiah, like Jesus, we must be determined to block out the noise of what other people are saying. Remember, focus on God's plan, purpose, and will for your life, not distractions. Your destiny, the plan of God for your life, is between you and God and those he has placed in your life to help you fulfill it. Distractions will come. The goal is to keep faith and keep hope alive. Amidst the distractions, amidst the noise, amidst the devastation, amidst the loss, amidst the pandemic. Because even in the chaos, even in the fire, God who is omniscient, omnipotent, and yes, omnipresent, is there and can make a significant difference if we surrender to his will and trust his plan. Keep hope alive. Today and during the season, be encouraged. Pray for me as I pray for you. Thank you. Continuing on, some sentiments from the Harvard Business Review on mental toughness. It provides ideas that I believe can support concepts on resilience and that shadow or give sentiments of what it means to have biblical resilience. Experiencing challenges is an inherent part of our life cycle. 
no one goes to life untouched by grief or heartbreak. However, it can facilitate the acquisition of mental toughness, deeper social bonds, heightened awareness, new perspectives, a sense of mastery, greater appreciation for life, a sense of meaning and strengthened priorities. It continues to state that as a society, we largely fail to frame stress as potentially enhancing and often miss opportunities to learn from and grow from stressful moments that does not mean we advocate for your stresses as a positive thing, but we advocate that you embrace your stress response as a powerful tool to help you overcome the inevitable challenges in life that can and will arise. These sentiments are valid. However, in Christ there is more. We can thank God for the growth and capacity building that can occur through him in challenging circumstances. He leads us through the valley. The entrance of his word brings light. Also some writing by Dr. Drew Moser and Jay Falkhauser. In their book, they state, Remember the words of Oskinus. There is no calling unless there is a caller. Despite our best efforts, you won't truly live your 20s with hope, purpose, and meaning unless you acknowledge the divine caller. Just as a shepherd lovingly calls his sheep, the divine caller calls you into purpose, meaning, and hope. And I add dignity. And he does so out of his perfect love for you. So some questions to consider. What does it mean to serve faithfully, love radically, and obey consistently? Remember Micah 6 and 8. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly. Two, where can we serve and honor Christ in our current vocation? Three, how can we parameterize our challenges with the word of God? In other words, how can we systematically submit to God and they are issues of the feet of Jesus. So a prayer to consider for those who feel or who know that Jesus can make a difference in their life. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. So I conclude with this passage again. For many people today, Jesus' claim to be the Son of God is just too exclusive. In our pluralistic culture, it is too narrow and smacks of religious bigotry. We don't want to believe it. Yet the issue is not what we want to believe, but who did Jesus claim to be? And is his claim true? Thanks for listening. We're glad you were able to tune into this podcast. Once again, this is The New Chemist, where we discuss chemistry, which simply put is the science of change, as well as the other sciences, careers, community, research, and COVID-19. Thanks again for listening. Note, the views on this podcast represent those of my guests and I. Thank you.